Hello everybody, welcome to your Blood Red podcast, I'm Andy Kelly and today I'm joined by our uh, full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Uh, I'm joined by our uh, blog, live blog guru, Joe Rimmer, a regular, and with Klopp playing as youngsters uh, on Sunday, uh, we followed suit and we brought in a loan signing with Dan Matthews making his debut. Uh, chaps, we're here to have a look back to Plymouth uh, for what it's worth. And I look forward to uh, something that is hopefully a lot more worthwhile, the EFL Cup semi-final uh, down at St Mary's uh, tomorrow night. James, um, we were at the game at Anfield on, on Sunday. Um, it wasn't great. Um, we know Jürgen put out his youngest ever team and they just weren't quite able to, to make a, an impact on a sort of rugged and determined Plymouth side. Yeah, it was a struggle all around, wasn't it? I think, um, you know, I don't think those youngsters would have ever played in a game quite like that where against a team that was so intent on, on sitting so deep and just frustrating the opposition. And, and I, think, I think it's difficult at any level when you, know, you come up against a, a brick wall like that um, who show no ambition. I don't, I don't think that's a criticism. I certainly wouldn't criticise Plymouth for the way they approach the game because you know, I, you know, they would have been probably stupid to, to have taken risks, you know, especially with how much a replay will be worth to them financially. Um, it was just frustrating because... I actually thought Liverpool did all right first half. I quite enjoyed the first half, and you know, it didn't quite happen. But they actually worked the ball quite nicely at times. They were relatively patient. I thought Trent Alexander Arnold did really well down the right. Ojo had some good little moments. Woodburn, you know, some of his some of his close control and skill that he showed in the box was mesmerising at times. And you know, you, you almost you had that feeling that at least you know they were starting to build up a bit of momentum. But you know, the big disappointment for me was second half where they just they they almost you know they got so ragged because they got so annoyed and frustrated not being able to find a way through they they stopped doing what they'd done well in the first half uh, and it just turned into an absolute non-event of a game and you know I, think, I know obviously Derek Adams their manager said it was arguably the best defensive performance Amford had ever seen I think I don't think it had to be to be honest I don't think they actually had you know you'd expect for a League Two promotion chasing team to get a draw at Anfield that their keeper pulling off a few worldies and all the rest of it, but he didn't have to because Liverpool created precious little. Joe, regular listeners, uh, hello out there, uh, whoever you are, uh, regular <laughs> listeners will uh, last week have heard you um, with what's now become an infamous rant against the FA Cup <laughs> and your uh, distinct lack of enthusiasm for it. Um, I presume events at Anfield have changed your mind on Sunday. Oh, it was absolutely rubbish, wasn't it? it was, this, this is what I'm talking about. It's... <clears throat> it's become such a stale competition, and I, I don't blame Plymouth. They've got they've got their replay financially. It, it is brilliant for them, but one thing I can't stand. And I was in the office on on Sunday, so I was watching it watching it here, and the commentators were making out, oh, making like it was the most wonderful fairy tale result at the end. He said, oh, the Plymouth have got their brilliant draw, and it was it was boring. It was terrible to watch. It was stale for the viewers, and and that's what the FA Cup. Has become people talk about the Premier League being all about the money, but the FA Cup is similar. It's all about the money, and for small clubs like Plymouth, it's very, very important. But it doesn't make for great viewing. Um, as for the the kids, they played well um, in in parts. They didn't quite have the finishing touch. But I don't I don't think we should really, you know, spend too much time thinking about that. I think in the replay it would be a different story. Not Plymouth aren't going to defend as deep as that and um and, and I think it'll be a different game and I think if they play as the youngsters again I still think they'll come through it. I think they'll win. Um and I think I like I like the look of Ben Woodburn showed one or two good touches. 
Ajaria also and, and Trent was good as well. So I don't think um, any of these any of those three can um, can be ashamed of their performances. I think they all equipped themselves quite well. Dan, you and I were sat before the game doing some hasty mental arithmetic alongside uh, Jed Ray, the Liverpool statistician, and, and, and deciding that it definitely was the, the youngest uh, team Liverpool had ever put on. Should that have been assigned to Plymouth to maybe try and be a bit more uh, adventurous and possibly go for um, for a famous win? Uh, you know, as Joe's talking about FA Cup history and making your name, when you think back to those glorious sort of FA Cup upsets, you don't go, oh, I remember that cracking draw they got it wherever. Yeah. You think back to a victory and they did show precious little ambition in terms of trying to cross the halfway line. They did, but Derek Adams had talked that, you know, all week they'd been preparing and that was the game plan they were going to go in with and I don't think they would have looked at the Liverpool team sheet and suddenly thought, this isn't what we were expecting, we were expecting a full-strength side, let's go for it. I think he was right in his post-match press conference to say that he would have been naive to have come here and expected to to kind of go at Liverpool and beat them because, yeah, they were a lot of young players. But, you know, even in, in the small patches when Plymouth did perhaps were a bit more ambitious, Liverpool showed that even the young players like Ovi Ajaria, Kevin Stewart, Ben Woodburn, they showed they had the, the natural ability and the talent to, to, to be better than Plymouth anyway. So I'm not sure necessarily the the, the line-up met, would have made it, made it easier for Plymouth to get... A, well, it would have made it easier to, them to get a point or to win, but I don't think it necessarily merited their they're being reckless and going for the win. I think James is right, though. I think Liverpool, for Liverpool and the young players, it would have been a massive learning curve. I remember speaking to, when we went to an under-23s game earlier in the season, Michael Beale talked about the importance of, of getting the under-23s exposed to men's football as opposed to play, playing against people their size and their age. And I think that would have been a massive learning experience for those players coming up, up against a big side. With big, especially up front, they had a lot of big forwards, and it would have been a big learning experience. And also to face a side that does just sit back, and and I think yeah, Liverpool aren't aren't through, and it's not the greatest result. But when you sit back and look at it, there are still lots of positives to take from it. And provided they get through, which we all expect they probably will, then it would have been a positive experience nonetheless. James, I'm sure just like Klopp, you were saying yippee at the prospect <laughs> of a trip to uh, a trip to Plymouth. But I mean, it doesn't have to be. A dreadful scenario. I was, I was trying to take a positive slant on it uh, on Sunday night, and I was just thinking, what well, it only becomes a massive problem if you feel you've got to commit first teamers into um, that uh, replay in ten, nine or ten days' time, um, and risk injury and, and extra tiredness and everything else in a busy period. But if he just says, "Go again for the kids," and maybe drops in a couple of his players, he'll have coming back from injury who might need half an hour or so, um, could it, you know, try and turn what could be a negative into you know, something reasonably positive? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's like a massive issue. I know it's not ideal just because January's that hectic and it was you know, probably the one week where Liverpool had a, a full week to, to prepare for a Premier League game. I suppose, I think you're right, you know, in many ways it's great for the young players to have that second crack at it because I think he, he will play a very similar team. And you know, for those lads, you know, and even some of the more senior players in that team on Sunday, they'll know they have to get through that replay. Otherwise, they probably won't play again for Liverpool this season, because you know, they're, they're, you know in all likelihood, they're not going to feature in the Premier League. So that suddenly becomes a huge game in in their own personal development and 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 their season. I suppose the annoyance is that you're right. I don't think he'll field hardly any of his senior players in that game, but he'll have to take some of them along to sit on the bench and then obviously that does have a knock-on effect in terms of 
preparation for Swansea. And I, in some ways, it's fortunate you know, it's, it is only Swansea at home on that weekend because you know it does mean that you know they'll travel down obviously on the Tuesday. So Tuesday and Wednesday, which would have been two days spent on the training ground at Melwood, won't be. You know, one will be travelling down there. The other one will obviously be match day. Um, so you're only then left Thursday and Friday to prepare for the, the Premier League game. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge issue. Joe, we saw uh, Michael Owen grinning broadly as he picked Liverpool out of the hat. Yeah. Seemed very pleased with himself yeah, yeah. Uh, drawing that number seventeen out for a home draw with Wolves. And what you would say is you can't really argue with two home draws, one against Plymouth uh, and another one against Wolves. Now Wolves obviously you know, further up the tree than uh, than Plymouth, and you know we should have been should be regarded as being likely to give us a harder game. But we're not through against Plymouth yet, but. It's still a, a great opportunity there to go into the fifth round of the FA Cup. Def, definitely, I mean it's it's a really good draw in that in that sense, isn't it? It's the sort of draw. Again, it was another. It was boring, wasn't it? That draw. And the, there, there was just it wasn't a decent bad, game in it. Virtually, was there? Bad draws all round, wasn't it? It, it was, could it could have been some decent ones, couldn't it? Because like Accrington yeah, yeah. and Man City were still in there late on. And you yeah. think? I was you thinking if Accrington had come out first, and yeah. like that would have been. But there weren't. Think, Every one that could have been decent just didn't seem to Pretty fall, much all then. the Premier League ones, other bigger clubs are at home as well, aren't they? So yeah. it's not even like you've got a, someone going to a tricky League 2 away ground. Everyone yeah. seems to be playing it quite safe. But yeah, it's, it's good for Liverpool. I think one of the great things that we've seen about Jürgen Klopp teams is that they compete in every trophy um, that they go into and you feel like they're in everything to win it. It's, it's not, you know, sometimes I felt in the past under Rodgers maybe that, that, that they weren't because they weren't prioritising competitions, they didn't have that sort of winning mentality in, in, in those games. Whereas now, I feel like Liverpool will try and get to the, at least the last four of any competition they're in. And you know, I, I think I think that that breeds a, a mentality. They got to two finals last year. They seem to be looking like they're trying to get to another final this year in the League Cup tonight. Uh, sorry, tomorrow night. And um, you know, it just feels like that they are competing now. So I think if they can carry on in the FA Cup and get to the latter stages. It'll only help in terms of the league position and um, in other competitions too. Dan, they will have to go down there and, uh, to a certain extent, risk going out again in terms of in terms of bringing the young players forward we think can take a step towards the first team and need experience and they've got to play in some games and at some point they have to move out of that cocoon of the 23s. And in order to do that, they've got to go to a place like Home Park and try and uh, you know, under a, what would be a, a good crowd and the TV cameras again, no doubt, expecting upset, and they've got to go there and perform and try and get Liverpool into that next round. They have, but I, d- I don't think it would be the end of the world if Liverpool did go out. I mean, it would be embarrassing for those players, and then they'd obviously be disappointed because, as James mentioned, it would be the last opportunity many of them will get to play this season, probably. But I don't think, for, if you look at it from most Liverpool fans and probably the Liverpool manager's point of view, this is the third. It's very much ranks third at the moment behind the League Cup and the Premier League in terms of where they are. So I think Liverpool fans would probably rather they get that they go down there, they play a young young side again, and yeah, they risk going out. But one, you get the they get the extra experience. One, they should still be good enough to get through. And you'd rather probably lose at Plymouth, but not risk any injury to some of the main players, rather than perhaps play a stronger side and potentially derail your League Cup or League. Uh, campaigns by getting unnecessary injuries. I think time has to come now where Liverpool have to prioritise. I mean, Joe's right. 
that Jurgen Klopp does give every competition a decent amount of respect, and I think it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy whereby Liverpool now play a lot of young players, but they're not, apart from Woodburn perhaps, they're not that inexperienced at the top level now. People like Ajaria, Alexander-Arnold have obviously played in the EFL Cup, but now when you think about it, it's January, and I think Liverpool fans would take going out the FA Cup at the third <coughs> round stage if it, if it meant that they didn't get any injuries rather than the alternative getting through to the fourth round and having perhaps one or two first-teamers injured for two months. Jim, the reason Dan puts the EFL Cup in front of the FA Cup uh, in his synopsis there is, of course, how far we are into this EFL Cup and we're at semi-final stage and you'll be having the delights of um, Southampton um, alongside Ian Doyle. Uh, for us tomorrow um, the big question on fans lips I think is how strong uh, Jurgen Klopp will go and this is a semi-final isn't it he, he's got to go strong hasn't he he has yeah and I think he will do I think I was, it was interesting I was chatting to some, a few fans last week who were adamant that he should play you know a, a similar team against Southampton as he, as he did against Plymouth for the simple reason that you know the United game on Sunday at Old Trafford is that big that, that nothing should get in the way of that but you know, I, th- I think semi-final of a cup, you know, and and, and, I, and I think I think also there's a decent enough gap, isn't it? Wednesday to Sunday, um, you know, and those players, a lot of those first picks have had a decent breather since the Sunderland game. And United themselves will be playing. Yeah, on and they're playing. So it's not as if yeah, it's not as if United have got a full week to prepare either. So so no, I th- I think there's no doubt that Klopp will go strong. Um, I think it'll be, you know, virtually full strength. I mean, obviously some of the some of the ones who are on the way back aren't quite ready to play. Obviously, I think Coutinho will probably be on the bench. Henderson isn't ready. Matip isn't ready. Um, so you'd imagine probably Clavin and, and Lovren will be the, the centre-back pairing again. Um, may, well, may well hand Sturridge a start. Um, but no, I, th- I think he'll, he'll go strong because you know, it's, it's a chance to win a trophy, isn't it? I know, like, obviously, you know, the, the Premier League title race becomes before anything else. Um, but you know, it, it's a fantastic chance to, to get through and and try and put right what you know what the, the big disappointment and what it went wrong last season because you know, it was always it was always used as a stick to beat Brendan Rodgers with wasn't it the fact that you know he never managed to get that first trophy under his belt and um, you know I, after coming so close in two major finals last season you know I I only see the winning the League Cup you know as a, as a positive in terms of a knock on effect for for Liverpool's title chances. And the flip side of that is if he does play a weakened side with a view that the Premier League is a priority and they do go out, the negative impact that could have on the Premier League yeah. campaign is arguably probably more cost could arguably yeah. more costly than perhaps risking injury by playing a pool strength side in these two games. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. You know, think back to do you remember when Brendan Rodgers played, you know, like a, such a weakened team at the Burnabout, oh, and yeah. and then tried to justify it on the basis that well, we've got Chelsea on the weekend and that's so important. Well. It, that was all well and good, but then you had to go and beat Chelsea, and Liverpool didn't. So then, it, you know, then you know, with with hindsight, he gets absolute loads of abuse for disrespecting the Champions League, and obviously, and all the rest of it. So yeah, I think I, I think you've got to take care of the next game. I don't think you can suddenly start worrying about the one after next. Yeah, so I mean, Southampton aren't going to be easy for, um, and to to get get through them over two legs. Hopefully, then you're looking at, you know, trying to take on. Mr. Mourinho and uh, Manchester United at Wembley, which will be a huge occasion. I know plenty of fans who would would already be thinking, "I'd rather go out at the semi-finals than lose to them in the <laughs> final." In fact, you know, the, but it, what what an occasion that would be, and and what an opportunity to go and win it. You know, a terrific trophy uh, 
by beating United in the final. No disrespect to Hull, but you've got to expect that United will come through that tie, Joe. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it does it does whet the appetite, albeit it makes my tummy feel a little bit sick <laughs> as well at the prospect yeah. of going to that uh, to a final between those two. I, mean, I was there in two thousand and three, and um, I tell you what, that was a, a brilliant occasion. You know, the, the roof on at um, the Cardiff, and, and I just think that. I know, I know the prospect is, is always scary of, of playing your, your, your big rivals in a, in a cup final. I'm not, I'm not the type of person who particularly enjoys that. But the flip side of that is if you do go and win, it makes it all, all the sweeter. And it makes it what can be sort of, you know, I, I, I look back on when Liverpool won the, the League Cup against Cardiff. I don't really think much of that game because it was just, with respect, it was just Cardiff. And I think, you know, they beat them on penalties. Whereas you look back at that 2003 win, and it feels like a bigger win, doesn't it? And it oh, feels yeah. like you know to, to to beat Man United in the final would really, really uh, be a good notch on Liverpool's belt. It would give this team a lot of confidence to go into the final third of the Premier League season and think you know we can compete, we can be, beat the big teams to the big prizes. Danny, it's we've got two tough legs against a, a good team in Southampton first before we uh, should be thinking about the final, I guess, and. Um, Klopp mentioned yesterday that he, he thought he was most likely to go with Loris Karius in goal. Um, what do you think of that? Because he's effectively playing or suggesting he might play his second choice goalkeeper in a, in, a, in a semi-final. Yeah, it's a difficult one because I think you can argue either way that if he's going to play a strong side, why shouldn't he play his first choice goalkeeper? And equally... You know, and therefore, is it worth the risk playing Karius? I'm not sure he sees... It's obviously a case at the moment that he sees Karius as the cup goalkeeper and, and Mignolet as the league goalkeeper, for the time being at least. I think the issue with Karius is he's not... He's getting game time, but is he getting the chance to, to show himself and improve? I mean, on Sunday, he might as well have been stood on the cop. It was an, he did, had literally nothing to do. He's not going to get back in the side by standing there and catching one free kick, which is about all he did all afternoon. So I think you can argue it both ways. I'm not sure Karius has shown to be so vulnerable that it's a particularly massive risk compared with playing Mignolet, but I can, I can see why people would suggest if he's, if he's going to play a strong side, he should play his first-choice goalkeeper at the moment. Yeah, James, I mean, I think Mignolet should definitely play. You know, Jurgen Klopp suggests that Karius has been training well and, and suggesting that you know he deserves his chance in, in the semi-final. Is it a case whereby last season when... Bogdan, I think, was goalkeeper for the most of the League Cup run, wasn't he? And then Mignolet came back as first choice for the semi-final. That that felt very definitely like bringing back a, a, a much yeah. better goalkeeper into the semi-final. Whereas the way Klopp's looking at it, there's, there's not much difference in, in his eyes between Karius and Mignolet, and he needs to give them both time. And therefore, the semi-final in bringing Karius back, if he does, is not is not. You know, you're not really taking a gamble in his eyes. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I think that's that's his thinking. The fact that there isn't a great deal between them, and probably also the fact that you know he wanted to give Carrius a chance. And he didn't. You know, Sunday was just an absolute non-event of a game for him, wasn't it? So it was, you know, he probably would, would look upon it and say, well, you know, I didn't learn anything about Carrius then. You know, in terms of whether he's been able to put you know, a torrid time behind him and whether this is the the start of a resurgence for him. So I can understand the thinking behind playing him, but I, I, I actually do agree with you that I'd start Mignolet. I just think, you know, if you if you're now at stage of the competition where you're going, actually, we're not going to experiment anymore. We're not going to play the fringe players and the kids. You know, we're one step away from potentially facing our biggest rivals in a in a domestic cup final. Then you play your strongest team, and that should should mean your strongest goalie. And 
you know, Mignolet has been been outstanding since he came back into the team. Um, you know, I'd, I'd prefer it if he was between the posts on Wednesday night. Joe, the um, speaking of playing your strongest team, Southampton won't be at their strongest either. Um, no, no. Jose Font isn't going to be part of their squad, and, and you know, has already said he wants to leave, and you know, he's. The, He's been the club captain down there, and uh, it must be to Liverpool's advantage that one of their better players doesn't want, won't be part of the team, and, and you know doesn't want to be there long term going forward. Definitely, I think I think part of uh, Virgil Van Dijk's great form this season has been alongside Font and, and having a partnership with him, and I think they have struggled. I think Yoshida has played there as well, and you know he he hasn't locked up to it, and and yeah, I think it's a massive advantage for Liverpool, and I think. Southampton have been inconsistent and I think if Liverpool can go and get one goal they could possibly get more because you, you only have to look at the way Southampton capitulated against Everton it was it was nil-nil to about 70 odd minutes one goal went in and they just fell apart um, I think this this Southampton side um, isn't very resolute at the moment and I think if Liverpool can sort of turn the screw on them they can build a nice advantage going into the second leg and take advantage Throw something out there and I probably should have read but just for Ask for a few opinions coming in. My worry about tomorrow night and maybe Old Trafford on Sunday to a greater extent is what, when was the last time you think Liverpool played really well in a game? Um, we've won games and we've done okay. Just trying to think, wh- when would you say was our last sort of sparkling <coughs> performance, basically? Because I'm talking about, you know, we obviously started the season with, where we had a few of those. And I can't think, when was the last time I thought, oh, we were really good today? Probably uh, Middlesbrough. It's the second half. Of oh, second half of Middlesbrough. Yeah, absolutely. Probably the last time that I think that almost felt like the, the the first time then since the previous international break when we'd obviously lost Coutinho that we'd been at that kind of fluent kind of that kind of when it when it clicks as an attacking force where you just think you, you just know a goal is coming because opponents just can't handle it. Um, yeah, it's been I think that, you know results have been ground ground out, haven't they? Largely since then, but. You know, I, I still, I still, I w- I'm, I'm not unduly concerned at the prospect of playing Southampton. I think, I think Joe's right. You know, they had a torrid Christmas and New Year period, didn't they? Southampton, I think they, they, they had the roughest end of the stick in terms of this, the scheduling. I think well, they had three and six days. They and, were gone by the time they got yeah, to Houston, yeah. weren't they? I and think. then they even conceded a late goal in the FA Cup at the weekend, didn't yeah. they? So they've now got another game as well against Norwich. Um, so yeah, and, yeah, Font's a, a big loss. I mean, I was down at St Mary's was it in November for the nil-nil draw and. Liverpool weren't great that day, and it was you know because of the form Liverpool were in at the time, it was looked upon as a bit of a disaster that only a nil-nil at Southampton, but they were still much the better team. Like even on a day when they didn't particularly click and they they, they looked pretty jaded, but you know they, they they still only one team looked like scoring. Um, so yeah, I, I I I think I think Liverpool are playing well enough at the moment. I mean that that Man City performance, I know it was a very different kind of performance, but that was only a couple of weeks ago. And that was, you know, that was another side to Liverpool. I think we haven't seen in terms of being able to, to boss a game and, and control a game, you know, without the ball for a lot of the time, and just and and just be so well drilled and so well organised that you limit teams to very few chances. And I think it may well be a, a you know, a similar story at, at St Mary's where they just they look to do that and then try and pick them off on the counter. Joe, what, what would you what would you take as a result coming back? Uh, Southampton tonight, yeah. uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, You'd probably take a draw now, wouldn't you? Because yeah. you'd back Liverpool to win at Anfield. But but I think there's no reason why Liverpool can't go there and win. Um, you know, yeah, I, I do fancy them tomorrow. I think I think they could build a nice lead if they show enough ambition. So you know, I think I'd say I'd take a draw. 
but I almost think there's no reason why they can't win. So why not something like a two nil, you know, and that and that way you come back and you have less worries about the second leg and, and you can sort of concentrate on your league position. Um as James was saying, I think I think the the last best performance was against Middlesbrough. But how encouraging is it that they've come out this period? They're not playing they're not that fluid, but they've come out this period having beaten Man City, having won at Goodison. They're not losing games. And they're without their best player in Coutinho. You know, if, if and you, their best centre back as well. Yeah, yeah, true. And if you take if you'd have taken, say, um, Louise and, and, and Hazard out of Chelsea, how well would they come out of a run of, say, 10 games? Because, I mean, how many has Matty played in the last 10 games? Three, two, four. Two three, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think th- they've come out of a really tricky, busy spell, the busiest spell of the season, in, in good shape. And um, if they can get Coutinho back fit now and Matip, then there's no reason why they can't kick on, is Then we're getting some players back. We've obviously lost Mane to African Nations Cup in terms of what you've seen of, of him, um, how big a loss is the loss of that pace. And he, 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 when you look at the highlights of Liverpool's goals this season, even though he's, not scoring, he's been involved in a lot, hasn't he? He's, he's someone who he's hard to replace that, that, what he brings. He is. And I think you know the obvious thing he brought when he was signed to Liverpool was that he gave that extra pace, that extra dimension to their, their attacks. They've got a lot of good ball players in, in Adam Lallana and... Firmino and Coutinho but, but obviously Mane brought that raw pace and I think kind of the performance of Origi on Sunday showed perhaps just ha- the difference between Liverpool's first choice front line and perhaps just a cut below that and Origi his goal scoring record has been excellent at Liverpool but that's about all he brings in terms of overall contribution when he's not scoring what does he actually bring to Liverpool especially when a team sits a bit deep whereas I think with Mane yeah he scored a lot of goals but as you said he's been involved in a lot of goals and he's probably a better footballer than perhaps he's given credit for. I think people probably just assume he's just quick. And, you know, if you slide him in one-on-one, he might score every now and then. But actually, he's shown himself to be very intelligent and crucial to Liverpool's link-up play. And I think also, if with, his, with, his, with him not being there and also Coutinho not being there, you know, you're probably looking at if Daniel Sturridge starts, that means pushing Firmino out to the left, probably, which we've all agreed in recent weeks doesn't bring the best out of him. Or it means perhaps pushing... Lalana out to the left, which then doesn't perhaps bring the best out of him because he's been best in central midfield. So I think it's not just what Mane brings as a player, but his absence and what that can mean to the balance of Liverpool's side. James, the that balance that Dan's talking about there, Jurgen Klopp's obviously got to juggle uh, balance his resources with against his sort of the demands upon them. Um, we're in January, lots of fans out there. Um, you know, the only thing on their lips really is, is transfers and uh, we hear the manager a lot talk about um, you know, training, not transfers, building up our own uh, lads and um, he hasn't got a huge amount of time for the obsession with transfers in, in, in the English football but um, uh, there's been a few names mentioned as we and come and gone really. A uh, new name uh, you've thrown into the fray today a little bit which is, uh, has, been, uh, has been mentioned, uh, uh, Julian Brandt from... Leverkusen, um, what do we know so far? We know that Jurgen Klopp's a big admirer of his. Um, he's a 20-year-old he's a German uh, Germany international who's picked up four senior caps, having come up through the, the youth ranks. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's been one of the, 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 the kind of top young performers in, in the Bundesliga this season. Um, you know, I think you know, in an ideal world, Liverpool w- would sign him this month, but that's not going to happen because Leverkusen have... Are absolutely adamant that he's that he's not for sale this month. Um, 
and you know I think Klopp has uh, has made it pretty clear that he's only interested in you know he's got he's got the players he wants to bring in, and if you know he's prepared to wait if they're not available this month, and Brandt certainly fits into that category. Um, you know I'd, I'd fully expect Liverpool to go in for him in the summer. Um, you know I think I think a lot would hinge you know could well hinge on his what happens with his contract situation. I think he's he is his current deal has got two years left to run on it. Um, I think obviously if he was to pen a new contract, then obviously the trying to get him becomes a lot more difficult. But you know if that situation continues into the summer, then I think you you, you can be sure because Klopp's such a big admirer of his that Liverpool will be one of a, a number of clubs who'll be tabling a bid for him and and trying to prize him away because you know certainly that is one area of the squad where Liverpool are liked. You know he's a he's a he's a winger can play left left or right. Um, and you know, as, you know, I think most fans, if you said to them now, where would you want someone to come in this month? That would be that position. Um, as it stands at the moment, it, it doesn't look as if Klopp will bring anyone in in that position this month. But you know, he's certainly obviously looking at that area in, in terms of the summer onwards. Joe, if Liverpool didn't bring anyone in in January, and you know, we're we're ten days into January yeah, now, yeah. you know, we're a third of the way through it, and uh, no rival, and you sort of think the way Klopp tends to do things, you know, he's very organised and. And that sort of vibe, you would think that every day that passes, that then less likely is to do something on the hoof. Really, would, how concerned would you be with Mane's absence that of Liverpool getting through this busy period? I, th- I think, <coughs> in some ways, it is a shame because I think if they could have strengthened, it would have given you a bit more confidence that they could manage without Mane. But I think fans are going to have to get used to this. I think it's the way Klopp operates, and I think it's the right way to operate. You know, everyone loves to see a signing come in; it excites fans. But at the same time. Would you rather not Liverpool get the, the people that they really want in the summer? Names that like Julian Brandt that, that is, is you know he's very very highly rated. Um, you know he's, he's young and he's been capped for Germany. Rather than try and sell someone, assign someone a short term prospect now, it's best to be patient. It's better in the long term to wait. Um, but I think it is it's just become such a difficult month to sign people and you know who's done who's done any business none of the top clubs are doing any business it sort of feels like it's going to take one transfer to set off a few things isn't it perhaps so but i just feel like it gets quieter every year in january now i think clubs are more likely to dig in now and say no whatever happens we're not selling in january it's just too important you can't sacrifice league position to sell one player west ham are trying to buy everybody aren't they nobody's selling exactly but like for example they can't buy defoe because sunderland just cannot afford to sell him so I, there's no way I can see the phone moving there unless he completely throws his toys out the front. And the da, same goes for Liverpool's targets. Dan, I suppose probably what, what we were hoping was a, a stellar display from Shea Ojo on Sunday and he sort of puts himself in the frame to be the one who can fill the Mane gap. And um, while he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, he's, he's a lad full of talent who I've certainly admired in the under-23s and the teens for the last couple of years. Um, it wasn't the sort of game where he could show his, uh, show his worth, really, where, the way uh, Plymouth set up, but um, do you think he's still got the chance where he, 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 could, he could potentially come in and do something? At- yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great display and, you know, obviously missed Liverpool's best chance of that uh, first half header and, yeah, I'm not sure that many Liverpool fans were coming away from that saying if, if Shea Oja comes into the team on that form, yeah, we're, we're set, dead set for the title, but, I mean, he has been out for a long time, he's finding his way back, he's a young player and I think he's shown enough over the you know, last few years and his development in the youth ranks that he has got potential. And if he gets, he's certainly not someone who's going to let you down. And he's certainly got enough ability to cope at this level. Whether he's going to be up to manage level, that's probably unrealistic. But I don't think that's necessarily a slight on him or 
or necessarily a disaster. I don't think Liverpool are absolutely desperately in need of someone to come in, and and equally you wouldn't want you don't you wouldn't want, and nor do you think Jurgen Klopp's going to sign someone unless he's absolutely sure they're going to make a difference. So, you know, Liverpool have got enough. I think they'll be fine. Well, weeks don't come uh, much bigger than a cup semi-final and a little trip down the road to Old Trafford. Uh, we'll be back. Um, probably on Friday uh, to look back on uh, that semi-final James hopefully will have made his way back from the <laughs> south coast um, if, if he and Ian Doyle uh, don't get stranded and then um, we'll all be building up the nerves uh, to the trip uh, along to see Mourinho and his men on Sunday I uh, hope you enjoyed it and we'll speak to you all on Friday